which after the show, um, those three guys, yeah. one of them remember I was doing crowd work, mm-hmm. and he, I go, what kind of women do you like? And he goes, hot and fit. Yeah. And then he was walking out, and I go, I hope you find some hot, fit women. And he goes, I'm looking at one right here. <laughs> oh, is that what he's pointing at Liz? No, he's pointing at me. Oh, oh my bad. My bad. My bad <laughs> this is open. <laughs> I'm just trying to win my brownie points. So. <laughs> and then I, gonna hear this. And I was like, oh. I was like, what? Oh, save the jokes for us. And then later on, Carly was like, you dipshit, he was hitting on yeah. you. Yeah. And I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I'm like, well, another one bites the dust. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of Rhythm and Wit the podcast and video series where we discuss and explore the creative and artistic expressions of artists and performers in Oklahoma City and its neighboring cities, also referred to as the greater metro area. My name is David Steele. I am a bass player, a music producer, a graphic designer, a photographer, and a film hobbyist. My co-host is Nicholas Campbell. Nick is a stand-up comedian, a singer, songwriter, guitar player, electrical contractor, a husband, a father, and my best friend for over 20 years. In today's episode, we welcome a special guest, Julie Drake. Julie is a stand-up comedian, as well as a single mother. Julie has worked with some great well-known comedians such as Sam Morell, Tim Meadows, and David Tell. We are so happy to have Julie on the show today to talk to her about what got her started in comedy, what it was like for her to get started, and what it's like being a female stand-up comic in a very male-dominated industry. We also asked her about working with some well-known legendary comedians and what kind of etiquette you should have if you get that opportunity. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and podcast feeds to keep up with new episodes that drop every Friday. We hope you enjoy today's episode and our conversation with Julie, as we greatly appreciate your time and attention. In five, four. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rhythm and Wit. My name is David Steele, and with me is... Nick Campbell. Today, we like to welcome a special guest, Julie Drake. Yeah, we did it, guys. Oh, All thank, right. you. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on our show. We appreciate it. Yeah, Bringing thanks for having experience. me. Yeah. Um, Nick, you're in charge today, so right. you start us off. Um, all right. What gives you the nerve? No. <laughs> no. no uh, so. What kind of- <laughs> <laughs> Forgot this is actually a roast. Oh, yeah, God. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I'm, I'm really interested. Like, I'm, I'm going to pick your brain about a lot of stuff that I'm just curious about as a comic. Okay. But then also, uh, being a comic in OKC uh-huh. and growing here. Uh, so how'd you get started? What got you interested in doing comedy? Um, I grew up, I loved stand-up comedy to the point where, um, I mean, comedy now obviously is different because of all the avenues of, you know, the internet channels, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, but when I was growing up, if a special was on HBO, a comedy special, you know you're about to watch something just yeah. amazing. It's like the best of the best. The best of the best. <laughs> because there was only so many mm-hmm. avenues for a comedy special. There was like, you know, I don't know, 40 channels, no internet. Um, you know, the only place that was doing specials that I remember was HBO. Mm-hmm, so right. an HBO comedy special was like an event. <laughs> And I would watch them, and I would record them, and then yeah, rewatch and rewatch. Then, yeah, that's when we were growing up. It was the Comedy Central, yeah. And all yeah. Of those, and we would yeah rewatch those endlessly when we were. At SNL, yeah. yeah, I was obsessed with SNL. Like we would like recreate the skits and create <laughs> our own characters and our own yeah. skits. And basically, all I did in my free time with my friends was um, I would like put on like comedy shows. Like where I'd reenact like mm. Andrew Dice Clay, <laughs> or like Sam Kennison. Nice, yeah. Um, I I remember I bought like these candy cigarettes to, to imitate <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay. How old were you? I was like in middle school. Yeah. Not, who was we? Just your friends that you? My were... friends. Yeah, yeah. And um, we would, like I said, we would create SNL characters, our own skits, mm-hmm. and like one of my friends, she had a bit. Her dad had a video camera. We'd record it. And thank God YouTube wasn't around back then. (laughs) And so then, like, I always wanted to do it, and then I got pregnant, as we all know. I talk about it in Mm -hmm. high school. And I was like, well, obviously I need to be a mom. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because comedy isn't like where you can go to school, like an acting school. Mm -hmm. You have to be out in the bars and the shows. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I got to raise my kid, you know? I was like, I'll get back to it later. I guess there is, like, the the improv stuff that you could, if you moved and went to the... East Coast or something. That's like yeah. all you could really do, I guess. Yeah, that wasn't possible yeah, for right. me though. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. But that's kind of, kind of the only avenue. Yeah. Uh, for a career, so you kind of didn't do it, I guess, until much later. Came come back to actually doing stand up. I mean, I was like, comedy will always be there. Yeah. But Did you think about it often? All the time. Mm-hmm. Oh. I got to where I couldn't even watch stand up because I was so sick oh. that I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. And oh. I was like, I'm having to like work in a call center as a telemarketer, and you know, I was like, I don't want this life. I don't mm-hmm. want to be a telemarketer. I don't want to be in a cubicle. But I was like, you know, my son didn't ask to be here. He mm-hmm. deserves a stable life. You know, parents that yeah. are here, a good. You know, I was like, so just it all has to wait. My kids come first. Mm-hmm. I was like, it'll be there later. Yeah. yeah. And it, and of course, you know, it worked out that way. Mm-hmm. But I was I was just a mom first, yeah. first and foremost. I didn't ever want my kids to feel like they were, you know, second or third. I wanted them to know they were number one. And I wasn't mature enough. You know, and that's the thing is, I was like, what would I have even talked about as a 20-year-old? I didn't have any life experience. (laughs) Yeah. What would I have talked about? Mm -hmm. And I was immature, super immature, so I would have ruined any chance. So it was better to start later when I have a whole life experience. I can relate to anybody. Mm -hmm. And to where I'm more mature and so because you know there's a lot of immaturity 
in comedy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so I was never see like, that. What are you talking? About? I could see like a, as a young person in, in any kind. It's like I think that if I think it's you don't have experience, but it's like a lot of it. Something is drawn to the making people laugh. Mm -hmm. It's like in, a, in whatever way, just acting silly even is kind of a something that I feel like. You know, I could see a young person just trying, like, or imitating other people mm -hmm. because they like that. I don't know. It's, but yeah, you're right. It's like it's an advantage to start later yeah, because I've that. been around so many different types of people my whole mm -hmm. life that I can identify with them. So when I see a crowd, I can usually figure out a crowd. Sometimes I get it way off, or yeah. sometimes I can't figure them out. But I'm like, I know what to do mm -hmm. because I know yeah. I, I know these people. Because you've met so lived. many different people. Yeah. Yes. Instead of that's a good point. So it's a very I'm I'm glad it happened mm -hmm. the way it did because I I would have ruined it. Right. <laughs> For and then sure. it's like you could have, and then you would have gone on and do something completely different and been miserable and not doing it. And know, been like, well, I failed at comedy. Right. Mm -hmm. I already tried it. I failed. Mm -hmm. So it worked out for the best, yeah, it's nice. for sure. Yeah. Did you, uh, were, were there enough, when you got started, were there enough mics and stuff to, to learn and get good? Well, and this is the big difference. So we only had the Looney Bin mm -hmm. as our only comedy club. And Terry, the owner, would watch every mic. And she had criteria for allowing you, for not a hosting weekend, but for a host tryout. She would watch and you'd go back and you would talk to her and she'd be like, you need to write more or you didn't do this or you didn't do that. Yeah. Or you did the same material you did two weeks ago. Or, you know, she's like, I need to see different things. And the headliners and the features to this day at the Looney Bins will still sit in the back and watch the mic and give you feedback yeah. on what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. And so that's how I caught on as quick as I did yeah, because you have comics that have been on the road for you know 10 20 years who are in all the clubs and then a club owner who's been there for 40 years mm -hmm. that's giving you feedback and telling you what you're doing right and wrong and what you need to work on is like a homework assignment yes yeah. come back in two weeks you know I want to see this out of your set I want to see you work on that and I'm gonna be watching and then you'd have to work for two weeks and show up and show her that you meant it Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, the mics now, who are you getting feedback from? Yeah. Self. I mean, Self. I, I think I mean, you get it from your video. I yeah, guess that would be it's the like, audience. Nobody's but guiding you. Yeah, yeah no one's nobody. guiding you. No. Was it everybody? Was everybody privy to that? All the open micers would be able to do get that? Feedback. Get yeah. feedback like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, for sure, because they would sit in the back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would go up and I would introduce myself to the feature of the headliner and be like, yeah. I'm an open micer. Um, are you guys going to watch the show? And they'd be like, yeah. And I'm like, would you mind? Would you give me some tips? Mm, would you tell you, me? You go up to them beforehand and not beforehand. instead of after because yeah. you don't even know if they watched. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I liked about the Looney Bin. Whenever I did, I only did the mic like maybe three times. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I got it. I always wanted to do it. Yeah. I used to go there a lot just yeah. to watch. Yeah. And, uh, and I got free Like tickets. a cuck. Like just yeah. I'm just here to watch. <laughs> I just want to watch you do the fun thing. I know. I want to do. Be funny. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It, I would just. Uh, but I liked it because you could see a show. One, it's great because the open micers get an audience mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, and they get to see what a produced show looks like, mm -hmm. and then see what real comedians do. I used to yeah. go when I started comedy, because um, open mic night's always different. Mm -hmm. I would always go to like a Friday or a Saturday show and watch a show and how a show was supposed to, mm -hmm. because 
when you're at Bricktown, those comics already have an established audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the show. They're up. there yeah, for them. Yeah. Whereas at the Looney Bin, that crowd was just there for a show. They didn't mm-hmm. ever know the comics usually. And you could watch a comic who the crowd didn't know how they could win them over. Mm-hmm. How they lost them, how they want them back. Yeah. I would so like. You would study that. I would uh, study that and watch it and ask them questions afterwards. Mm-hmm. Which any comic is very happy to answer yeah. questions. Or if they aren't, then they can fuck off. I mean, you, yeah. don't, you don't want it, their their advice if they're not willing to help you. I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But it's yes, that's also a good thing to find out. <laughs> I wish we had someone at the mics yeah. who could mm, like a, yeah. help. But it's kind of hard to have. We don't really have a lot of those people that... I mean, I think there are some of those people out there, but it's like having the real veteran people that know this stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, there just doesn't seem to be... At least that we don't know any... Yeah. Well, if somebody comes to you and asks, hey, can you give yeah. me some tips? Mm-hmm. Would you... I always yeah. help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, they have to ask me, though. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah you don't want to go out go unsolicited. No, because <laughs> yeah. then people get mad and they're like, yeah, you're being a bitch. Sure. You're being I mean, a bully. <laughs> But I'm like, happens? I'm being a bully. I'm trying to help you. It sounds yeah. like this has already happened. <laughs> it is 1,000% happened. Sure. I was like, well, fuck you then. You can stay in open mic purgatory the rest of your life. Right. Hell yeah. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Like, The only way you get better at comedy is the comics above you will give you tips and pull you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be like, this is what you're doing wrong. This is, I can. You only get help by the comics working above you. Hmm. And because the comics yeah. that helped me the most weren't the ones... And at the open mics with me, they were the ones that were working. Mm-hmm. I mean, putting it, in the work and putting they, in the work, doing, doing what I wanted to do. Yeah, they, mm. they making the mistakes and learning, and it's like they're the experience. They pass it on. Like I said, I think there's a shortcut that you don't have to go through the same shit yeah. to learn on your own, and somebody else can help you. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's very much like a trade, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like an apprenticeship almost. Well, like, where else are you gonna learn yeah. this stuff? Like, yeah. if you're an open mm-hmm. micer and you're sitting next to another open micer, are you, how are you guys going to learn from We're each other? We're just comparing notes and learning new. Yeah. You don't have to do that. It's already been done. You, well, yeah. no, I'm saying you don't know the business. You don't right. know what's needed. You don't know any of that. Like, mm-hmm. why would you be upset if someone who's doing what you want to do is giving you advice? That yeah. blows my mind. Because I lived for advice. I, I yeah. would seek it out mm-hmm. and be like, come find me after the show so you can give me tips. Mm-hmm. Every show, every time. Well, did you did you start with a book or anything that kind of yeah, like a, propelled you right off the beginning, or were you, did you just show up and start working? I just showed up at a mic. I literally, I showed up at the mic at Looney Bin, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna do the mic one time. This, I was Try like, I'm gonna it. bomb, mm-hmm. and I'll just go back to just being a, you know, a mom, <laughs> and I'll I'll get it out of my system, and it worked. It just worked out. Yeah. But I later yeah. read the books, um, which have given me some good tips, but. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. There is something to the power of, I think, YouTube today. It's like you can learn from Mm -hmm. the greats because there are videos and things that, they, you know, in a way, it's not as good because they can't give you direct feedback. Right. You can take some things from that. That's everything that I've learned in, like, the past... 15 years has been from YouTube. I mean, mean, everything that I do with music and everything, it's like I'm self-taught. Obviously, I'm not a comic, so it's a much different Mm -hmm. uh, art, but... um, That's how I learned electricity. 
<laughs> you don't. <laughs> Cancel no, my appointment. <laughs> no, your dad has, has, has taught you everything he knows. Yeah, it took about it took a couple hours. It wasn't too bad. It was a premiere. <laughs> Nick's like, I've only lost three fingers. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna pay for this subscription. That's yeah. why. Shocked about eight times. So. <laughs> Once a year, baby. <laughs> That's what's wrong with him. <laughs> now it's all the puzzle pieces are coming yeah. together. I'm really good at marketing. That's it. <laughs> I can get in that door the first time. Um, All right. Uh, but yeah, um, so there's something else I wanted to ask you about. And, and I hate the differentiation. I mean, not hate it. I put that back. But I, I think there's a, an unneeded differentiation between female comics and a regular comic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it's just, all right, you're still just doing an art, and the art is genderless, I think. You know, in a mm-hmm. way. You know? It's just about your experience, wherever really. you are. Yeah. And it's more about your persona yeah. or character that you're putting on. Mm-hmm. But being a female comic, what were some of the challenges that you dealt with? Yeah. God. <laughs> you said last night you were yeah. one of the few female comics while well, he introduced you. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, he yeah. was like, one of the best, and I'm like, one of the only. Let's be real. <laughs> very male-dominated, like most industries even. But. It is. I mean, the first four years, four mm-hmm. years of me doing comedy, I was constantly having to fight the... I'm only getting booked because I'm either screwing the guy on the show yeah. or the guy on the show wants to screw me. It was, it, I mean, it was just constant rumors, constant. And I'm like, who am I sleeping with? You know, I, I would just say, who is this mystery comic that I'm sleeping yeah. with? That's getting me all these wonderful shows that has me in bars where I'm getting paid <laughs> nothing. Mm-hmm. Who is this wonderful mystery man? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure if a guy is asking you on a show, it's because you're sleeping with him or he wants to sleep with you. And I'm like, (sighs) you know, it's just, it was four years of that. And guys don't go through that Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. all. Not at all. Or just like (sighs) one time I was introduced on stage as pussy you'll want to grab. Whereas (sighs) every guy got, this guy won this contest. This guy's open for this. This guy's done this. Oh, this is pussy you'll want to grab, Julie Drake. And I was like, I'm going to... I still have it on tape. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, it just sucks. Was this after the Trump put, grab him by the pussy thing? Or is this just something he made up right no, there? No, 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 no. That was before. during the Trump. Okay. Oh, that was yeah. during yeah. Trump. I mean, I had like two seconds yeah. to digest yeah. it. Oh, and then go off. into your set. And, and go up on oh, stage. My God. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Because my mind, I'm like, I want, I want to like annihilate him. Yeah. But then the other part was... People paid for a show. Mm, Don't ruin the show. Do a job. You can do it later. Mm -hmm. And so I did my set, and then I practically threw my mic down. I was like, "You motherfucker!" I mean, I just, I just after the show, I just ripped into him. Yeah. And then of course he told everyone that I'm like this psycho bitch, but he forgot to tell them that he introduced me as pussy you'll want to grab, which is humiliating. I was humiliated. Yeah. I was so I didn't even want to walk out on the stage because I was like. This is not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. No. And I was new, so I didn't really quite know what to handle. I, you know, it happened. This was four years in? No, no, no. This was oh, right. During the first four years, you said, right? No. The first four years is just constant oh, rumors okay. of me being 
supposedly sleeping with someone who I still can't figure out. (laughs) Who this who this Harvey Weinstein (laughs) of comedy was that I was supposed to say if you were like getting like movie roles in Hollywood or something, okay, that makes you know I'm sure that happens. Absolutely happens, but like here in Oklahoma doing comedy like it's like putting out for McDonalds. That's I know. Now, I have been offered to do shows if I would stay in the hotel room with right. comics, and I'm like, I don't, I don't Whoa. do that. Yeah. I okay. don't do that. I, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going that route. Mm-hmm. So it does exist, yeah. but I don't do it. Right. And I'm yeah. not ever gonna do it. And it's, it's just sucks that people just lump you into that or try yeah. to make you look like that you do or whatever for whatever reason. Yeah. But there feel- was no basis of it. Yeah, it just came nice. out of nowhere one day, and I was like, "What is everyone talking about? Mm-hmm. Who like who started this?" Well, like you said, being one of the few yeah. females even to even be around, it's like there's not any. I don't know. It's like an asshole could just you know pick you because you're the only one well, to be mean about and spread rumors and things. Yeah, and I think that so <clears throat> because it's male dominated, when mm-hmm. you see a woman getting ahead of you Yeah, they try to... I think that really tugs at a guy's ego mm-hmm. and he thinks, oh, it's not because she's funny she must be fucking somebody that has to be what it is because she's getting booked more than me mm-hmm. so I feel like there's that yeah. aspect and then Probably that might have been how it started I, I still can't figure out where it came from it's yeah. easier to do that than look inside and go right. I need to work on figure my stuff yeah. 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 yeah so stuff like that is a challenge sure. um, when you come in and you're like say you, you feel like you have to be a little bit more aggressive when you come in or you meet somebody for the first time or no or you have to act a certain way and i will tell you before you even get on stage we're already starting in the negatives because a lot of times people think women aren't funny mm-hmm. or you just have an assumption of what the assumption um or she's just going to talk about sex mm-hmm. the whole time or yeah. this because i've had people come up to me after the shows multiple times and say oh, I didn't think you were going to be funny because you were a woman, but you're the first female comic I've ever liked. Yeah. And I'm like, that is not a compliment yeah. <laughs> oh at <God>. all. <laughs> they just, like, they, so like, unsolicited, they yeah. just come up to you like, yeah. oh my God. Absolutely. I mean, they, they, they absolutely think they're giving you a compliment, which is dumb. Because yeah. that's why I think that we were talking about this before earlier today, and Nick already brought it up, but like, I think we just eliminate that. It's like, it doesn't matter who you are. And like today too, there are comics that are neither male or female. So, you know, I mean, it's like yeah. it's all about the experience of what they're expressing that they've gone through in their life and showing you who they are, and that's all it really is or it should be. So. Yeah, well, like um, for instance, I did a show um, out of state, and I was the only woman on the show, mm-hmm. and the guy that booked it was like, "I'm gonna put you last," and I said. No, I said, look out at your audience. Who yeah. do you see? And it was like 90% female. Hmm. And I go, these women are not going to want to sit through yeah. four dudes <laughs> before you put a female. I said, put me in the middle. You got to give them something. Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably. I'm like, no one thinks about like, because the guys that he booked were all, they're all great comics, but they're all too similar. So it was going to be mm-hmm. four dudes talking about <laughs> their dick and weed, dick yeah. and weed jerking off. And I'm like, these women need something in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so don't ignore the female audience because, yeah. like, it's great to have your friends, like your bros on the shows or whatever, yeah. but the women in the audience are constantly overlooked. Mm-hmm. They don't. 
I mean, they don't want to hear yeah. about. I mean, because that's the thing. It's like I'm sure all the guys would love to have more women in the crowds yeah. too. But like uh, something our friend uh, Vanessa had mentioned, she was at Lively last week and she was really happy because you had um, Ava C on that show. Mm-hmm. It's like, but it's like she was like she loves to see female comics too. Mm-hmm. It's like she was excited that you always put. Yeah, I try to make it a diverse like from different walks of life. Like you're saying, because if you put too many the same types together yeah and then all yeah the, and then there's a uh, stale show of, as far as like the same yeah but you, you can try to get a female perspective mm-hmm. you know and then just different perspectives that you think would go well and then try to make it like a mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like at the mic last week and I talked about this on Facebook and then um, oh, this I guy came up this guy well I'll tell him yeah. <laughs> this guy goes so we had a female host yeah. and um, then I went up and this guy went up after me and he goes, let's give it up. We got a female host and a female comic. They showed they can do it too. Yeah. I'm like, like having a vagina is a disability. You know? <laughs> they can do it. I know. It's, it's so and then funny. I went to the mic this week and I talked about it and talked about like, you know, having a, you know, my vagina is disabled and from <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> my choices in men. And, you know. yeah. So it pissed me off, well, but it gave me an idea yeah. for a bit. That's what I'm going to say. It's like, it's great that you take stuff like that and you turn it into art because I mean, yeah. what else are you going to do with it besides be miserable and, you know, like let it yeah. tear, you know, tear you down inside. <laughs> and that's why I think there's so many people that comedy is important for people that watch and especially the people that do it. It is a therapy for mm-hmm. the comedians themselves selves so it's a good way to express your disappointment with the world often <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so. so anyways that's what it's like to but. be a female it's, <laughs> yeah. it's very hard it's fun but and yeah. we're always having to prove ourselves right. we're always having to prove that we're not yeah. sleeping with some guy to go get on a show yeah <laughs> well did you uh so Luckily, we got to about four years in right so what what do you see now? All right, so we're four years in. When did you start going out of state? Oh, right away. Really? <laughs> One of my Get first out. gigs was in Missouri. <laughs> really? Yeah, and mm. I think now that I think that might have pissed him off too because yeah, I, I got road out. work like mm-hmm. immediately. Were you just willing to go out there and? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I was like, so the comedy scene here was different. There was the Looney Bin, mm-hmm. and Terry had criteria for you to get booked. So I knew I was a long ways away from getting booked there. And then there was another group that did comedy, but they weren't going to book me. Um, That was for sure. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, all right, well, no one's going to book me here. So I'm going to have to start networking and reaching out to other comics. And so I would go to, I did one of my first shows. I drove to Tulsa. I did a free show. I didn't get paid. And then um, one of the guys there loved me. And he goes, I do a fresh faces of comedy showcase. Um, he goes, you won't get paid. He goes, but like the Looney Bin manager will be there and there'll be some other bookers there. And I said, sure. I drove up there. I didn't get paid. And sure enough, the Looney Bin manager at that time was there and he goes, I want to put you on a showcase. Hmm. And then other comics saw me who I'm still friends with to this day. And they're like, will you do my show or I'll send your name to my show. So mm-hmm. oh, nice. I just so kind of just grew it out from the person. I mean, yeah. Getting the meeting, the right connections. Well, just getting out there and yeah, going, well, putting yourself in front screw of it. I, it's fine if I don't get paid. I mean, yeah. I'm just starting. That's something I, yeah. I think a lot about with music because I mean, 
you always say, I mean, I've definitely played lots of shows, and, you know, it's a lot of work setting up equipment and doing mm-hmm. all this stuff and get nothing. But it's like, I think, and you shouldn't do that. I think as artists, we should get paid for what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unfortunate it doesn't work out like that. But I think that it's, <clears throat> as long as you're taking something, you're getting something from it, mm-hmm. like you're getting in front of certain people that you knew could help you mm-hmm. then it's worth it i think it's you're, you're getting paid in a different way it still has value so it's if you can look at it like that then that's the best way to do free shows if you have to do them. well i'll tell you guys so the boyfriend i had before i started comedy was um he was in theater yeah he had studied over in oxford he had gone to like some i don't i don't know what you call it now um some acting school yeah and so he was in New York, um, mm-hmm. he was doing off-Broadway, he was about to do Broadway, and he said that when he was at this, I can't think of what it's called, um, but anyways, he said that when he was there, yeah. um, they told him, they told the whole class, when you're starting out as an actor or an actress, mm-hmm. you never say no to a job. Yeah. You don't ever say no. It doesn't matter if you have to drive across the country and you're not, you don't ever say no because you never know who you're going to meet and you never know who's going to be there. Mm -hmm. And you have to build up your network, your connections doing that. And I remembered him saying that and I'm like, it's the same thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I'm like, so I'm not going to say no to any show. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose money, which is fine. I'm going to go. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to network. I'm going to show them that I'm funny, which is like an audition basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remembered him telling me that, and I applied that to mm-hmm. that, and I'm glad I did. I yeah. mean, I lost a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. I lost uh, a lot of money. Well, let me. Th- I, I like putting it like this. Like, my dad used to go fishing. He would take trips. Mm-hmm. He would spend weekends yeah. and go fishing. He would spend mm-hmm. all this money on all this equipment, and he wouldn't catch a fish. Mm-hmm. At least we're not being outsmarted by a fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, we get this opportunity. It's like, all right, well, we're building ourselves. Yeah. We're going to go have some fun. We're going to hang out with some fun mm-hmm. people. So it's like... Me and Cody Troutman went up and did Tulsa this past Wednesday. Oh, yeah. the mic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was fun. Know. We met yeah. uh, Zach Amon, made some good contacts. We had some good sets. People had some conversations with us, which was nice. And mm-hmm. then and the managers got to see you. Yeah. And they, they do recommend for booking. And they mentioned you right when I got there. You're like, have you seen Julie Drake? I was like, yeah, she's great. Like, yeah, we had her headline. It was great. You know, like, yeah. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we went up there, and then at the end, he I'm was... sorry, I love that they were like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> no, my just, ego just got a little <laughs> Let me have my making moment. waves over here. Yeah, <laughs> that he mentioned you as soon as we're like, he's like, you've seen Julie Drake. So like, yeah, she's great. She's like, yeah, we're thinking about having her up here again. And I was like, oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. But that's uh, congratulations. Yeah, I had a really good week up yeah, there. Yeah, because you had did well. You did the Bricktown here, right? Last Sunday. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. did that was headlining show. That was because I gotta tell you guys the story. This is so funny. So I had just told. Um, I was talking to a comic about, um, you know, when you're in bigger markets, mm-hmm. you never know who's in your audience mm-hmm. because I've, I've had comic friends go to Vegas, um, Denver, LA, and there's a producer for Netflix in the crowd. There's a, like a 800 pound gorilla media mm-hmm. producer in the crowd. There's movie producers in the crowd and you never know. And yeah. so they'll come up to him after the show and they'll be like, you know, you are great. I want you in my Netflix show or, you know, I want to, I want, or they get an agent. I want to represent you. Yeah. And so I was just telling this comic, I said, you never, ever, I said, I know we're in Oklahoma city, right? but you never know who's in the audience. So always go out there and just kill it. 
you know, just do your best, just, never just whiff it. And so I was in Tulsa and I was tired. I'd had insomnia for days. I'd had like three hours of sleep a day. The crowd, I didn't have a host. I was gonna have to do 30 cold, which is very difficult. Mm -hmm. And the crowd wasn't laughing, which I, which usually is a really bad sign. And I was sitting there at the table and I was like, I'm gonna have to work so hard. Mm -hmm. I've had six hours sleep in two days. I just wanna go up there and just say, fuck it. You know what I mean? And just get it over with. The, but then, like, the better sense in me goes, no, these people paid for a show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't, it's not their fault you're tired. Go up there. You know, I'm, like, having this internal dialogue because mm -hmm. I was so Struggle. tired. Yeah. And I was like, I knew how hard I was going to have to work up there. And I went up and I had a really, really good set. And I was feeling good. And I went into the sound booth and this guy came running into the sound booth. And he was like telling me how much he loved me, how great I was, what a great set that was. And I was just staring at him. <laughs> like, why are you in the sound booth, dude? Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> and I almost said it. And I guess my face was like, like so yeah, confused. And he goes, yeah. oh, and it was the owner's son, the oh. club owner's son. Mm. Nice. And I was like, can you imagine if I'd gone up there and just said, screw it? Yeah. yeah. And he's there watching, but no one knew he was there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I had just said know. that comment, you never know who's in the crowd. And that proves it right there. Yeah, you never knows. know who's in the crowd. Yeah. And I was like, I am so glad that I didn't go yeah. up there. I bet, cause I bet it happens a lot to people that they do, they don't work hard to, and it's like they go up and whip in like, they never even know that that one person was there that could have changed, mm -hmm. you know, and led them to somewhere else because mm -hmm. they but were just he's, like, hey, he's all right. He's yeah. the one that he texted and said, give her a headliner show. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because, to that. because he saw me, he was like, you know, mm -hmm. I was like, no way. And then, you know what I mean? But, but I just, I thought, I thought about that for days. I was like, I cannot believe yeah. that I almost went up there. But I mean, I knew I wouldn't, but mm -hmm. I was just struggling with, right. What does whiff, whiffing it look like? I mean... Just where you go up and you don't really try. You don't really try. You know, you kind of just phone it in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get, you know get what I mean? over with, like you said. You, you just, just kind of, oh, well, I'll just get through my set. I don't care. But I think a lot of times maybe you feel like that and then I think a lot of it is if you're, if you're prepared enough, you might not have to work as hard sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. Well, just... that crowd, <laughs> I had to change my set yeah. because his, John Caparulo's crowd was primarily almost all like very conservative white males mm -hmm. and so i was like well i'm gonna have to yeah. change my set for the week so it wasn't the set that i'd prepared or yeah. gone with and so more yeah so i i wasn't like used to it but i was like i'm gonna have to really go up there and think about it and watch their reactions mm -hmm. and make sure you know what i mean that they're still on board with all this and whereas i could what i mean by with it is i went in there very intentional and to make sure you know that i gauge their reactions watch my timing my enthusiasm make sure i know i'm tired but make sure that i'm like putting everything all my energy into it mm -hmm. instead of just going up there and just doing what i wanted to do mm -hmm. where i wouldn't have to think as hard right. where i could just be like oh i see where i'd yeah. be like this is my set i don't really care if you like it or mm -hmm. not i'm just gonna get through the next half hour yeah. you did the job you went up and, yeah yeah it's like you're yeah. you were more dynamic whereas yeah. otherwise you could just be yeah you know but the, can you imagine yeah. <laughs> if I go up there and yeah. just fuck off? Well, you wouldn't even know. No, he would. He, I'm sure he would have told well, me either way. I would oh, have. I, so? I would have known because he was there for other reasons, but mm -hmm. he wanted to watch the show. Yeah. Mm. 
and uh, yeah, yeah, he, I would have known he was there. For sure, like <laughs> for sure. And then you would have felt really bad because then I'd have been you like, "You, you weren't as well as you could have done." Yeah. So, so yeah. you never know who's yeah. in the crowd. Never know. <laughs> never know who's in, in the, the crowd. crowd. Don't. Uh, that's why I'm like, if they hire you, you're. I know comics are like, this is art. We're just having fun, but you're hired for a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You also have to. You know do what I mean? That. That's why I think of with music too. For me, it's like I used to drink a lot. I mean, I don't drink at all anymore. But it's like. um I stopped drinking at all before a show because it's like that mm-hmm. we're here even if we're getting only getting paid you know twenty dollars each <laughs> it's like you're still there to do a job you're you know you're the entertainment yeah. so you can't be fucking off and partying and stuff it's like you have to be focused and do your job and do whatever you have to do and it's like you can have some fun for sure but it's like after the show yeah or After yeah you know yeah joke around and socialize where you can but also focus on your job and make sure you get that right yeah mm-hmm. so i think a lot of musicians for sure don't think of the, think of it like that mm-hmm. which is unfortunate so it's good to hear and like, a lot of comics don't to, either yeah they're like i'm just here to fuck around right. i'm like well it's like they're there party it's like no well, you're, they, they <laughs> make it about them they're <laughs> like i am just here to you know get my yeah, be the star get my $50 get my be the star <laughs> mm-hmm. get my ego struck mm-hmm. who cares about the audience I don't right. give a shit about yeah. the audience like there's, yeah there's no show without the audience yeah so. <laughs> like, like yeah, yeah. we need that. these people to come back <laughs> yeah. and have a good time that's, that's how you keep a show going uh, uh, sorry I like so to talk you, comedy no this did, is great uh, I love this yeah you did the put a cork in it comedy show last night mm-hmm. and I was there it was great it was fun. Um, yeah, that's something that Nick had mentioned last night was thanking the audience and was very, I think, um, appreciative of, of the crowd. Because, and that's why people come back to see his show is because mm-hmm. you do take the time to talk to people and introduce yourself and yeah. make them feel welcome. I think that's whenever I noticed... I was, I, I'm a service electrician, so like that's yeah. you know I I do the same thing for my customers, mm-hmm. and so I was just like, well, let me just take that to this, right. you know. And then, uh, but what I noticed whenever people were hosting at Bricktown is they would set them up at the doors they're leaving and kind of like, hey, thanks for coming mm-hmm. in, you know. And then I I really like that Looney Bin, they were really good at that walking you to your chair, mm-hmm. taking care of you, and then they were so nice, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but if I miss Looney Bin a lot just for the just for what it was, but. Uh, Anyways, sorry, you get off topic. I kind of forgot what I was <laughs> No, going. that's what I was. Yeah. Uh, oh, but yeah, the ser- being in service of mm-hmm. them, it's being thankful and then asking for the reviews and just, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. standing up there and shaking their hand and be like, you're important. Yeah. You know, you're important. You're the. Ten of you was the reason why we got to do this. Yeah. You know, so. Exactly. That's what so happened. That's kind of a big thing that we, a lot of people neglect, like you said, mm-hmm. and you yeah. don't think about. Because uh, as artists, we are focused on ourselves and what we have to do, but it's not, yeah. I think I say this a lot lately is like doing art is very selfless I think in a way and I think people think that the opposite because it's like oh you're doing this for yourself but really you're putting the time and energy to give something to other people (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. that like you don't have to do that you know it's like you could sit at home and watch Netflix and do nothing (laughs) that's true you know but I mean have you like sometimes comics will say you take this a little too seriously and I'm like but if you've ever been on a show which I don't know if you have yet or not but if you've ever been on a show and there's comics in front of you who just don't care Mm -hmm. and they just shit on the audience yeah 
then you, yeah. And you can see the audience is just like checked out and then it makes your job harder. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why did you come? Like, right. why would you do that? Yeah. Like, why would you come to ruin a show and act like that? Like, now these people aren't ever going to come back. Right. They're, you know, the venue's not going to want to have like us you back. Make, you make the, all comedians everywhere look bad yeah. in a way because, like, <laughs> they're never going to yeah. want to go to another comedy show, probably. Well, and then the venue's like, you pissed off the people that were here. Yeah. They don't want to come yeah. back. And then the people are like, I'm not going to another local show. Yeah. Those people are assholes. the community in itself, for sure. I mean, they spent, you know, their night out, people have to get babysitters. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an expensive night out. They have to buy stuff. And I just... I personally yeah. don't like it. I'm like, if you're gonna show up, at least try. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put in the effort. I haven't, I haven't had somebody blatantly go out and just. Yeah. Everybody I've luckily worked with Attacks. has tried. Yeah. But um. I I will say I've seen it a little bit here yeah. and there, and it always rubs me the wrong way. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, it like, makes me so mad. I think any almost any kind of negativity is is not great because it's like don't bring the room down. But it's like sometimes you have a point to you know. Yeah. So that's fine, but it's like. You know when but someone's yeah. shitting on a crowd <laughs> yeah, exactly. just to shit on them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are what you said. doing? Like, but, um, I'm like, boy, I can't. I'm so glad you went ahead of me. <laughs> 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 Great. Um, something I do want to ask you about is your writing process. What do you, which, what do, you do? How do you get it done? Um, so my mind works a little bit differently. And everyone needs to find their own writing process. This is just what I found works for me. Um, I can't just sit and look at like a blank piece of paper. What I do is I pull up like news headlines. Yeah. And I'm really good at like firing off like one liners. And so I'll find a headline. Topical thing. And I'll just write like a witty play off of it. A witty. And then it kind of gets me going. And then I just start writing about things. I just let it happen. I start writing about things that have happened. Um,. Like in my day, like things that have happened at work, things that have happened at comedy shows. And I'll always find something that like will interest me enough. And I write best when I'm walking around talking mm. it out. Oh, so oh you really? record yourself a lot? I, I do. I can't, like if I'm sitting and writing, mm -hmm. it doesn't work as well. Like that's a great place to start. Yeah. But then when I get going, I have like a spare, like I have a two bedroom apartment and I go into <laughs> the, yeah, my extra room. room where there's like no distractions. I don't take my phone in there or anything yeah. and I'll walk around and I'll talk it out hmm. and stuff will just come to me. I don't, it's just it's the way a, my brain works. Oh, nice. I think it might yeah. have something to do with the movement. I think I would yeah. talk a lot about uh, brain and body connection with the yeah. nervous system and your brain. And it's like, I know for me, I have a lot of anxiety. So when mm -hmm. I'm stressed out or something, I'll just clean and just move and I feel better. That's what <laughs> I know? do. I will clean. Yeah. Like I'm like, okay, well I can go throw some stuff away. Yeah. Or I have all of these, um, if I'm, <laughs> I get stuck a lot or I'm like, nothing is like coming to me. Yeah. I have all these workbooks that someone gave me with writing exercises, which mm -hmm. don't necessarily I don't get jokes off of them, but it gets my brain yeah, going. Gets okay. you into a mode. Yeah, it gets me into a mode, and mm -hmm. then I'll go walk around and do yeah. stuff, and stuff will just yeah. kind of come to me, and I'll write it down. And then, like last night, you know, I did a, a joke that I'd written. I did it for the first time. It didn't work out. Um, so I was like, well, 
We'll rewrite that yeah, joke. Think about it some think more. Think about later. it some more because mm-hmm. they weren't biting on it. Right. It's um, like you have to find a, maybe a better way in or something to whatever it is. Yeah. Like there was something there. Like I could see they wanted to laugh, yeah. but I was like, they wanted to laugh. They mm-hmm. just weren't on board. So I, I wrote it down. Yeah. So you can come back to it yeah. later when you're cleaning. <laughs> My mind has to be relaxed, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. I think it's that's like when why. When you try too hard, it won't work. Yeah. yeah. Like if, well, like I like to walk, and so I'll mm-hmm. go for walks without like earbuds or yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. It clears my mind. Mm-hmm. That's what I've, I've been doing personally. For raw the dogging, two raw years. dogging nature. Well, I, no, I only started doing that recently without headphones because yeah. I was like, I love music, so I'm always listening to music. That's how I shut off the internal dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but I had recently got into some like guided meditations and things but it's like but i think the walking is a sort of type of meditation Mm -hmm. but i took out the earphones and it's like you miss so much of the world whenever you just plug yourself up and yeah you know it's like even just sounds of nature and things like that there's a lot out there that well if your brain is always being stimulated how can you have thoughts you Mm -hmm. can't have thoughts Mm -hmm. and gary goldman talks about that um he talks about how important it is to go for a drive or mm, go for a walk without anything mind, and it sure. clears your mind mm-hmm. yeah i'm like he's so right because yeah. yeah. it gets all the clutter out right and also one thing he talks about that helps is if you just journal your day mm-hmm. because it gets a lot of subconscious yeah. stuff out of do you do that uh we t- yeah we like yeah. the morning pages morning pages is, yeah i started doing that a while back i like it a lot i stopped doing it because various reasons but i started I was kind of going through a lot of depression like a year ago and yeah. doing it and it was making it worse I think in some ways because I don't know I just had to put it away and try other things yeah. but for writing I think and being creative it's hugely hugely beneficial because I think it forces you and kind of gets your brain used to being creative in a way of like getting thoughts onto a page no matter what it is yeah um, but yeah, I think it's great for if you're a writer of any kind, it's a very, very powerful tool. Yeah, yeah. I use it. I mean, I've been yeah. doing it for like four Since, years yeah, straight because you we know, talk, uh, journaling, yeah, and yeah. writing like that because it's it helped me with my mom stuff mm-hmm. and then it helped me with like uh, I wanted to be I always wanted to be a comedian, mm-hmm. yeah. so I was like, I did it before and then when it, I used to do it whenever I was in bands writing lyrics and stuff, mm-hmm. but it was just always a really good tool, mm-hmm. so I just yeah. kept I made it more consecutive about four years ago, and then it's yeah. like huge. Yeah, you can do that every day, it'll mm-hmm. be a vast improvement on whatever art. If I don't do it, the motor's not running, yeah, yeah. you know, so it, it, it keeps that, like you said, keeps it alive, mm-hmm. yeah. Keeps it going. I've noticed when I don't journal that it's yeah. like a lot of junk gets stuck mm-hmm. up here, yeah. And as soon as I start writing it out, I'm like, oh, I can think again. Yeah. I, you know? I thought of it when I started doing it. It's like it's a way to get the thought on t- into the real world mm-hmm. and out of your head. And then you can let go of it in a way. Have you guys ever looked at your journals from years ago? And you're like, holy I, shit. I, I, I can't bring myself to do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I'm yeah. like, I, and I am unmedicated. <laughs> yeah. yeah I am walking around unmedicated. This is not good. Yeah. <laughs> I tell uh, Liz and the kids, because we're just in a house you know what i'm saying there's, there's not a lot of room it's just yeah, people running around and everybody's pe- on top of each other. i told them and i i write whatever like i'll write if evil stuff goes yeah. in it's getting on the page mm-hmm. if yeah. me, you know if good bad all this stuff because i also believe like i gotta write that way to be able to to experience it and write and mm-hmm. understand how to write that way mm-hmm. right so like uh with uh i tell them don't look at it 
<laughs> don't look at because it. it's you not my fault. Them. It's your fault if you're mad. Yeah. Like because I wrote these for no one to yeah. read them. You can read them after I'm dead. That's the important thing. I yeah. think is if you when you write like those pages and if you're using it to really for therapy too, yeah. it's like important to to know that no one is allowed to read this and it's yeah. like so that you can really be yourself and not even hold yourself back yeah so do you write with others do you ever write um i have friends that i've made um that are road comics mm. yeah. and um i will bounce like the other day we had a mic i don't know if you heard we had a, we had a mic and the crowd didn't laugh at 20 plus comics i'm like mm. 20 plus comics and you didn't find one of us yeah. funny like that's improbable and I was so mad because I've been writing and I can't get a read on anything. Mm -hmm. And so I called him up and I was like, hey, like, we can't get a read on anything at the mic because the crowd, for some reason, wasn't giving anyone. And anyways, I went over my stuff with him. I wrote it and he was like, well, if you maybe use this word instead of that word mm -hmm. or I, you know, I don't necessarily write with comics. You get like punch ups or something. I, from other, or I tips get critiques. And yeah. Oh, okay. Where they're like. Gotcha this is too rough or mm -hmm. like i don't understand they critique it and then they like sort of give me tips yeah and they Notes. go you know it's like you can take early yeah probably i mean that's... and so i'll go and i'll rewrite based mm -hmm. on their suggestions but i don't ever like write with but anyone that's good to get the other you know? another perspective yeah. on it and then you you know because they can show you things that you might not realize that, that and that's what happened he was mm -hmm. like pointing things out yeah that i was like oh yeah you're right and so he was like that's yeah change this change mm -hmm. that that's um, why i've been focusing yeah. a lot i think it's important to try to to be a mirror for people i was telling him this was like one of the most important things is to show people what you know so many people refuse to look at themselves mm -hmm. this is a little off topic but similar <laughs> i mean as far as like for sure because you learn so much when you do look at yourself and can critique but it's hard because you are you <laughs> but if someone else can point it out for you and it helps to yeah it's a good back and forth i think but i think that's all art honestly it's like we are putting art into the world and showing people who we are and they can say oh i see myself in that and identify and i don't know <laughs> yeah, sure. that's why you get connected to certain comics because they're more like you, like Chad yeah. Daniels back in the day, whenever he was raising his kids, hits real home, yeah. hits home with me right now. Mm -hmm. You know, his newer stuff, I still think it's good, but it's not like resonating like his older stuff did when I first started listening to it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, all right, well, I'm, maybe when I'm older, yeah, after Empty Nester, I'll bit, probably yeah. enjoy that part of it a little For bit more. Sure. You know? For sure. Because that's what's good. It's like we all have different experiences, so we have different comics that have the, the similar you know, we can identify with the people that have gone through similar things as us. And then it's good to have that variety of everyone, women. <laughs> like I had a men. headliner tell me once, he goes, he said, you know, you're never going to please everyone right. in the crowd. He goes, there's going to be people that think you're the funniest mm -hmm. and there's people that are going to hate you. And there's people that are going to think, yeah, you're kind of funny. He goes, and then there's people that are going to think that I was the funniest and there's people that hated me. Mm -hmm. And he said, so just don't ever try to please yeah. anyone. And he's like, there's always people that are going to love you and hate you in every right. crowd. He goes, you should always try to please the crowd. He goes, mm -hmm. but if you try to win them all over. Yeah. It's like, like if you beat yourself up because you, yeah. yeah, so you shouldn't try, you shouldn't expect that you can. Either. Yeah. I try to think of it like, uh, think if you met a person who would just 
bend themselves to like how everybody wants to see them that's annoying yeah <laughs> so yeah. that's the person you're trying to be on stage yeah. you yeah. know that's i mean I, I assume that you just get enough people who like you and they become yeah. your fans and yeah. then now they just show up to your well, show well that's like yeah. the big comics like you said yeah. the guys that go and the you know they have a fan base and it's like they show up for that person it's like they are that person's they already know that comic yeah mm-hmm. so it's um a little bit different for if you know the you, you know the people that we work with that are on this level that don't have a huge fan base or even people that know who they are you have to find those people that's a struggle yeah with For it, sure. all art I think but yeah I think it's yeah, I think the joy of art is whenever those people come and tell you that they are inspired by you and it's like that's the most incredible feel, feeling um, that you can get as an artist is whenever you see that person that was that could identify with your craft or in your experience but it's you know still it's, you have to keep those in mind I think and try to hold on to that whenever you go through this struggle that we all do yeah and use it as motivation because that's the biggest thing i see is the lack of motivation it's, it's easy to get discouraged and quit you know like you're saying if For you sure. started when you were young and yeah you know could have been much different so we it's it takes a lot but we all have to find that motivation where we can yeah so when we like <clears throat> compared to when you started versus now is there more opportunities to get on a mic is it easier to like find places to actually like perform at perform and <laughs> i mean i, I think headway? talk about this a lot because i don't i'm kind of new to this whole scene but it seems like there's t- way more mics than there ever used to be yeah. just to get opportunities for in front of any audience yeah it goes up and it goes down yeah, yeah. it's like we'll get like a bunch of mics mm-hmm. and then I don't know, something will happen and then we'll have like just a couple mics and then someone will hustle and get Mm -hmm. more mics. It it always goes through like these phases. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I think, I think a lot about lately is this wave of comedy. I think comedy is growing, particularly in Oklahoma, but probably everywhere because of the, the stuff that we've had to go through the past few years and everybody needs to laugh and, and to figure out how to move past all this trauma and stress and suffering that we've gone through yeah where it's and it's like comedy i always think it's like comedy makes you think you know it makes you think about the world and other people's experiences and the, you know you take a normal topic and turn it upside down and make people think about it in a different way so well we're supposed to say the things that people can't say right and, she, and, yeah. and like I said, it goes back to that being a mirror and showing people like, oh, this can be funny too. Yeah. Or you can laugh at, like, I, I always like jokes about death in particular because we have to learn to laugh about death, I think, because that's the only way to really deal with it. I yeah. mean, you know, you know, it's tragic, but it's going to happen to all of us. So yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, but stuff like that. I mean, that's heavy, but like. It gives levity. Yeah. 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 It helps you accept it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, comics you've worked with this is yeah. co- a few questions I have for this is uh, what's some of your favorite comics you've worked with are you talking about like famous ones oh, anyone, yeah just so, like like kind of put you in awe you're like I can't believe I'm doing mm-hmm. this right now oh gosh <laughs> um, for sure Tim Meadows yeah oh, because nice. I he was my one of my favorite SNL characters yeah. and I mean like I told you I was obsessed with SNL um, we used to, and to be 
when he walked into the green room, I just couldn't believe it. So where, where did you work with him at? Spokane. Okay. I featured for him in Spokane. I just, I could not. That's incredible. Like, my inner child was like, <laughs> oh my God, you know what I mean? Did you gush? Were you, no. 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 I was always told just to stay professional. Yeah. Like, that's your coworker. Yeah. Dude, let me ask you about that then. What's, what's the etiquette, green yeah. room etiquette? Well, so the green room is the headliner's room. First, okay. first of all, that it's his show, it's his gr- her green room. Mm-hmm. If they don't want you in there, you don't go mm-hmm. in there. Um, I, I will tell you, I've, I've heard more this year from headliners um, that they've quit allowing local comics uh, to get on to get in the green room because, like one guy I worked with in May, Jamie Lasso, he said that he. Um, was at a show and the host was excited because it was his first show ever mm-hmm. and he invited all his friends into the green room mm-hmm. and they were drinking and yelling and woohoo like and backstage and, VIP and he said they were so rude they yeah. were so disrespectful that he kicked them all out wow he goes that's not your green that's the rule it's not your green room mm-hmm. they don't have to let you in yeah. and if they say no you get out and so every headliner I've worked with has sort of like yeah you um, have to they have a routine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I worked with Sam Morell, he just wanted to sit in the green room and eat and watch basketball. He mm-hmm. didn't want to talk. Yeah. He wanted to decompress. And so I would leave him alone so that he could have that hour or whatever to decompress and eat and watch the game. And he was so appreciative of it yeah. that I wasn't yapping in his ear. But he wasn't asking. He didn't ask you for that. It was just something you I, I can pick up on cues. Up on yeah. I yeah. can pick up on cues. I said, I feel weird being in here with you eating. <laughs> I said, you probably just want to kick back and right. relax. And he just kind of, he goes, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, all right, I'll see you at the next show. And he yeah. goes, thank you. Yeah. And That's it's beautiful. just, I, I know we're all excited. I would have loved to have sat in there with him yeah. and talked to him and picked his brain. But he just wanted to eat his wings. It's like it's probably not necessarily the time, or if you really wanted to do that, you could maybe. Well, his team was also playing yeah. basketball. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I know, <laughs> I know enough like... for men that when their team is on, you just leave them alone. Yeah. Love, so but... a lot of them have their mm-hmm. routines. Um, yeah. Especially the ones I yeah. imagine that are on the road and working a lot, and they're tired. Know, they need to have. It's like this is the only time they have to sit and not, you know, be around. Well, there's times where on. I've worked with them and they've been traveling. Traveling. Mm-hmm. They got there. They got in Oklahoma City like yeah. a couple hours before the show. They had enough time to go to the hotel, change, get to the show. Then they're on the show. Yeah. And that time in the green room after like the first show is their only time they've had right. to decompress all mm-hmm. day long. Oh wow. Yeah. And so you sense. just have to respect it. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, a lot of comics do not know this information, and yeah, and it's good to have you know. Because I didn't know. I mean, I wouldn't have. I don't think about that. But it's like I would assume the opposite as far as the green room. Mm-mm. I would assume it's for anyone that's on the show. But it makes the headliner sense. says yeah. no. You don't right. go in there. Like I did a show this year, and the headliner didn't let me in the green mm-hmm. room until after I went up, and then he came up to me. And goes, okay, you can come in the green room. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to be invited yeah, in. Right. Yeah. Like he shut the door, and I was like. So you kind of have to just figure it out and maybe yeah. uh, just you every head and some headliners like no this is your yeah. show i don't care and mm-hmm. some you just have to play it by ear yeah yeah 
but I don't ever want to piss them off because right. <laughs> those people in the crowd aren't there for me. They're yeah. there for them. Right. Right. You know, and who am I? I'm no one. So. Julie Drake. <laughs> Julie Drake. <laughs> Brian Fellows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that <laughs> SNL skit? Yeah. No, was that? Oh. Yeah. Do you remember that skit with Tracy, Tracy Morgan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like real arrogant. He's like, I'm Brian Fellows. <laughs> he would just say favorite. his name over and over. He was like a wildlife yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember, that. You remember. <laughs> Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. I that am not 2000? like that at all. That's hilarious. Yeah. It was so yeah. good. Um, I do like what you told us or when you worked with David Tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was it having him, him call you up on the stage and doing the two mics? I thing? couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I was out there just watching because I wanted to watch and learn, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. see them. And he goes, where's Julie at? And I was like, me? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, where's Julie? And I, I was like walking up there and I'm like, no. I was like internally like fan, like freaking out. Yeah. But I was like, no, just keep it cool. Yeah. <laughs> And so he had me bump mics with him and Ian. And um, listen, this and this is why I do that. I know I don't look like, you know, I look like a school teacher or something. <laughs> and but I'm a really, really good roaster. Yeah. And so they didn't expect me to be able to roast like that. <laughs> David Tell was truly shocked. He could not believe it. And in fact, on stage, he he was just he was like, "This is great." He goes. The teddy bear has teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he could not believe it. That's great. And and then um, he was, you know, signing stuff. And he goes, Julie. And he, there's another comic from Tulsa that can co-sign. He was there. He goes, Julie. He goes, I am super impressed. He goes, you did not know you were coming up. And you fucking just murdered it up there. He was like, you're coming up both shows tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, nice. And he goes, bring <laughs> the heat for Ian. He goes, bring the heat for Ian. And I'm like, I will. Because I was just doing off-the-cuff stuff. Because mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to be up there. And then we had fun the next night. And he was like, who the fuck taught you to roast like that? <laughs> he goes, you do not look like yeah. you can do that. He's like, I could not. He's like, man. He's like... He goes, I just can't believe it. <laughs> That's a great you, I know. That's a great compliment. Where do you think that comes from, though? Is it like, did you grow up with siblings at all? I grew up with or? siblings yeah. who were very, very mean that's... to me. <laughs> yeah. And then I grew up, um, there is a thing that my kids, my kid's dad is black, and there is a thing they used to do called playing the dozens. I don't know oh, if you guys like, are familiar. Yeah, I'm slightly, yeah. I've never heard of this. You I've sit around it, yeah. and mm-hmm. you just roast yeah. each other. You just say yeah. the worst horror. Like you just roast each other, <laughs> and it would out. always end up in a fight yeah. <laughs> or someone threatening to kill someone. I'm gonna go get my gun. <laughs> <laughs> Take it too far. Yeah. yeah, and so I would learn. That's where I would yeah. really learn. And you can't cry. You can't get upset because mm-hmm. then they'll just roast you even right. harder. And so that's where I really yeah. learned how to do it. Hang, hanging out with his family. I think I'm going to bring this back to my family. I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> you know what you're doing at Christmas? <laughs> yeah, everybody get a gift and we're going to play, what's it called? Playing play the dozens. No, listen, doing the do- Listen, I got roasted. So, like, listen, I really roasted this guy super hard. And he goes, now remember, <laughs> you dish it out. Mm-hmm. And I, I had my wisdom teeth had come in and they pushed my teeth forward. Yeah. So I had like snaggle teeth. Hmm. And anyways, I really roasted him and he came up to me and he roasted me so hard. I called my dentist on Monday (laughs) 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 and I got Invisalign. (laughs) I'm going to fix this shit. It's never going to happen again. (laughs) But you're better for it. Yeah. (laughs) 
pushed you to action. But I cried the whole way home. And I called at 801. I called my dentist and I said, I need an Invisalign. <laughs> Damn. And that's how I got my teeth straightened up. That's how you get it roasted. <laughs> that's how hard yeah. he hurt me. <laughs> and the whole room was on the floor crying, laughing, and oh. I was just sitting there because I couldn't cry, and I was like, "It hurts! Like yeah. stop it!" Oh, wow. Anyway, so that's the story of how I got my street, my teeth straightened out. <laughs> I don't think I want to get good at roasting. I think that's <laughs> that's what you got to go through. Oh yeah, you have to get yeah. roasted if you do. Yeah, yeah, dude. I love my what I think of myself right now. I feel like yeah, it's good I spent three thousand five hundred dollars <laughs> thanks to that. Roasting. You sure that guy doesn't work for that dentist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's just, there you go, man. Here's your cut. <laughs> that should be like a dental commercial. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just well. people getting roasted for their teeth and heading down to Doctor Bailey, and he was like, um, "I will." You know, they were like, "Well, we can get you in." I'm like, "I need sooner." <laughs> I'm like, "We need to get this done." Right now. We're seeing this guy next week. <laughs> I'm like, call me as soon as you get an availability. If someone, I need to be there. I mean, it hurt. It was like, okay. But thank God he did, because I probably wouldn't have fixed my right. teeth if that hadn't happened. Yeah. And you wouldn't be where you are today. <laughs> no, I, there's no way. There's no way I could have gone up there with my snaggle teeth. Was this a comedian or just... No, no, no. Just this like was like his cousin friends. or something. Oh, wow. I was making fun of him for being fat. <laughs> and ever, I mean, and I said really accurate but very hurtful <laughs> things. And he, he was like, all right, now you remember, yeah. you dish it out because I'm coming for it. And he just, he annihilated me. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you want to go to get to the? I got final questions. If you yeah. want. Okay, let's stick it to that. All right. Um, if there is one piece of advice that you could give an up and coming comic, what would it be? One piece of advice that's just kind of like your whole career accumulates to everything. <laughs> Not to put in you on the two spot words. Again. Two words. No, but a bit of advice you would give a comic. Um, the one piece. Well, just something that's yeah. prevalent or on top of your the forefront of your brain right now. Um, just keep trying. Yeah. I mean, you know, we write, and just because you write something doesn't mean it's going to work. I mm -hmm. mean, for every 10 jokes I work, I'm lucky. You're lucky if one works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to get discouraged, but don't just keep writing. Just keep, if you ha if you really have the desire, just mm -hmm. keep at it because eventually you'll find your voice and yeah. what works, but you just, you just have to keep after it. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. all. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. I wrote fifty jokes to get the four and a half that I do for my adopted stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, and it's still it's a hard half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's I mean, not a good one. I've written page like yeah. a huge amount of pages recently, and I think I've come up way with like three good jokes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, just, you got three good jokes out of it. I mean, that's the thing. How how could you do that otherwise? Yeah, how many hours I spent yeah. to get three good jokes? Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. like I think that's a kind of a good cheat, but it's. I, I said too before it's like the most creative people come up with the most bad ideas too but also because... I mean <laughs> but then I have to go to a mic mm -hmm. and Test I have to stand in front mm -hmm. of my other comic peers and I have to do these new ideas right. that fail yeah, yeah, it's and it's always embarrassing but I'm like if I don't get this new mm -hmm. stuff out you know I, I'm gonna, obviously that's what mics are for mm -hmm. is to try new things so if I fail fine yeah. you know what I mean but it's so hard you have but, to take it and <laughs> but you know I but that's what I want to use mics for is to try new stuff mm -hmm. because I can't keep doing the same yeah. stuff that I've been doing. And the only way is to 
to do the new stuff and yeah. not be afraid of it to bomb. Mm-hmm. And then I always go home and I I always make notes and I'm like, well, we'll just try this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm always like working on it. You're always like you're not you. It seems like you take a joke and it's you, you try it out, it doesn't work, then you'll go back and rework it. And yeah. It's like go back and go back and back and back and. So it gets very discouraging. Mm-hmm. Even now, sometimes I get discouraged because I'm like, if I'm like, why, why is something? But you know, you never know why. I'll just yeah. figure it out later. Don't get discouraged. Just keep yeah. at it. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Yeah, because yeah. you'll you'll eventually figure out your voice mm-hmm. and what you're good at. And it is it is a brutal art to start because we are the only ones that practice in front of strangers yeah. you know musicians get mm-hmm. to practice in the safety of their yeah, home I always say that. They, if they mess up no one knows mm-hmm. we mess up in front of strangers because <laughs> that's the only way to practice it's the for comedy. only way yeah. so just don't get discouraged mm-hmm. just keep going it'll get better do you do you uh so i noticed and i don't know if this is do you do the other mic you don't do the other locals you Any just do the brick town because it's typically comics only mm-hmm. yeah and those are, I mean, no one gives a shit what I, I mean, no one gives a shit. They're usually outside smoking. Yeah. You know, they'll that's... go outside and smoke and then there's two people staring. I'm like, they don't give a shit. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, it's for practice. Just getting crowd. it under your tongue, maybe. Well, I want an audience there. You want an audience, yeah. I want an just audience so there. Work. And anytime I've gone to the comics only mic, yeah. everyone's just staring at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely. Or they're outside smoking and I'm looking at two people and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. this wasn't a good use of my time right. mm-hmm. you know it's like more you bang need for your to, buck because yeah. you're looking for that crowd reaction so you can improve your material and if you don't have that's a crowd, what i need i need yeah. a crowd reaction so mm-hmm. if there's a crowd there i'll go but if there's right. not a crowd there i don't really see the benefit mm-hmm. other than hanging out right. do you try new stuff during your sets when you're like you're i did headlining? i did last night <laughs> <laughs> i did last night didn't work yeah. um but i i couldn't figure out why those jokes didn't work yeah. last night i think i stumbled a little bit I think I got one thing out of order. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's probably just finding that right yeah. thing to connect with someone quickly. I mean, if I had to I guess. saw their faces, yeah. and they were interested in what mm-hmm. I was saying, and it just didn't... Just s- maybe led with the wrong thing or yeah. something. Who knows? I just didn't sell it enough because mm-hmm. they didn't buy it, but right. I was like, they were interested yeah. enough that I saw them all like, where is this there's, going? Which is good because yeah. you can recognize there's something there yeah. that you can, it's like, Finding that is hard to knowing what to spend more time on and what to just let go and move move on. I mean, I'll try it again. Yeah. I'll rewrite it. I'll try it again, and then if it doesn't work, right. well, then I'll have to rethink it. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's unfortunate when you're there and yeah. you're like that joke. <laughs> I kind of killed my momentum right. that I had going, mm-hmm. but I thought, well, I'll just put it right yeah. here, and it killed so my it's... momentum, and then. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah, I but. think people. I mean, I, I, I mean, this might just because I'm a comic, but I enjoy the try, mm-hmm. like watching somebody like, oh, 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 all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but sometimes it'll hit, it. and I feel like it hits harder just because you're like, it's in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? uh, so what are what is one of your worst <coughs> bombs? Oh, uh, Inola, Oklahoma. <laughs> Where's that? I've never heard of it. Um, it's that? right outside Tulsa, like by mm. Katusa. And I was new, and this comic, he meant very, very well. I'm not going to bash him. He meant well. He put on four comics who had never been on a show. Mm. Gave him five minutes each mm-hmm. at this show. First of all, though, the show started two hours late. Mm. And the people that were there were, were, they were pissed. A lot of them left, asked for refunds, because they were like, this is rude. You know, we have babysitters. We got to go to work tomorrow. So part of the crowd left. And then 
anyways these girls went up and god bless them god bless them for giving them time on a show but it just didn't work yeah they were just way 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 too dirty for that crowd i was uncomfortable i mean they were just saying (laughs) off the top stuff and i because i was inexperienced i didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. in that situation so i went up and i just i the only thing i had was like my 10 minutes i did my 10 minutes which was wrong for that crowd Mm -hmm. and people started leaving like when I was getting, when I was up there, they literally left. And this lady in the front row, she goes, oh, she rolled her eyes. She goes, whoopoo, whoop, whoop. Oh, no. She goes, come it's on. She goes, come on. <laughs> and no one laughed. And one guy was on his phone. And one guy was like, this bitch ain't funny. I was on stage. <laughs> like while they're doing this. And I'm just like sweating. Oh my God. And I was just like, not a single laugh, not yeah. one single laugh. People openly telling me I suck. Get that lady whoopie whoop come on <laughs> oh my god people leaving because i got on and i just part of that was me because i didn't know how to bring them back in right. what do you know now that would have changed it crowd work mm-hmm. acknowledging mm-hmm. what's going on yeah. i was trying to ignore what was going mm-hmm. on and just go up there and just do my jokes because i was that <laughs> funny which i wasn't <laughs> And they wanted no right. part of me. Right. But if you would have called out the moment, yes, mm-hmm. and been like, "What did we just see?" Yes. Yeah, like acknowledge oh it. Yeah. yeah, I know you guys are tired. You've been here for way too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, if I'd acknowledged <clears throat> how late it started and some of the things that like had happened before, if I had acknowledged it, it would have yeah. made it better. But yeah. I didn't know what to right. do. Right. I mean, that's something that, and nobody thinks of that. Sure, because I mean, even when John Wallen was here and he was. Um, about the his story with John, what's his name, John Heffron. John Heffron. Yeah. I can't, and I'm the first person to go up. Mm-hmm. I can't avoid that. Yeah. You know? And now, if you were a more experienced comic, let's say it's not your first time hosting, <laughs> you would be very aware that at the door, they're letting people know mm-hmm. John Heffron's not going to be there. Right. I don't have to say anything, but I don't know this. <laughs> so I'm taking it upon myself to be like, I have to let the audience so I know. break the news. You know? <laughs> and I'm freaking out. I'm, I don't know what to do. Uh, I was... The feature, I go up to him, his name's Mike Eaton. I was like, you think I should like say something? Mm-hmm. And I think maybe he said it jokingly in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he did say, tell him he's dead. <laughs> and this is 30 seconds before I go on stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good story, dude. And, uh, well, it's like, but he did, I think he did the right thing, because, I mean, he definitely said you know, what he shouldn't have said, but, like, but he immediately called it out and started making fun of it, you know, instead yeah. of just dying up there immediately. And, you know, it's like you should uh, call it, I think, in general conversations, always call out the elephant in the room if you can because it's yeah. going to help make make things everyone less stressed out and less well it means you're together because you're dry. all seeing it yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was my worst yeah. I, I sometimes i drive a lot and it says mm. i know it and i'm always like oh god, oh, god. <laughs> it takes you back <laughs> you like, like shell shocked yeah i'm like oh god What's it's like 
<laughs> like you have a panic attack? Yeah, that sounds like the worst <laughs> thing that could ever happen. Because it's like that's like something that would yeah. happen in a movie, you know? It, <laughs> it's it really was like, bad. It's not, not actually doesn't actually ever happen, but it's cool it it was it was really <laughs> bad, and they didn't like anyone after. Yeah, it's just a but bad still, night. it was a night. It was the longest ten minutes. Of <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I bet. Yeah. That's a perfect example of pushing on, yeah. like pushing through. And not giving up. And <laughs> yeah, not giving up. Well, but, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to finish my set, so I get paid, and then the guy didn't pay me. He goes, I'm, oh. he goes, I'm not paying you for that shit. What? Dude, you got to set the stage, man. <laughs> I'm like, you started two hours late. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I didn't get paid for that. Jeez. He didn't pay me because he said it wasn't worth being paid for. That was the longest car ride home, too. Yeah. Where I was like, I was just crying. I was like, that was so embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You didn't think of giving up, though? No, no. no. I'm, I'm a fighter. Yeah. Like, you know, I I don't give up easily. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, but then I thought, I don't think that was my fault. Yeah, for sure. That's no, good that was not your fault. Yeah. That's like Zuma. Zuma messed me up in a way I don't know if I'm going to come back from. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because of guy, the seizure dude? Yeah, yeah, well, it was just like, it was. Like, I know night. it wasn't my fault, but it yeah. was just like, wow, this is like, and you still have to go. Yeah, you yeah, still have like a, to. It's a lot to deal with yeah. in that situation. It's like, you have to deal yeah, with I'm it. Not, I mean, I'm I mean, joking, that's... obviously, but it was like, all right, that was tough, but I'll have it to remember forever <laughs> but did you learn from it yeah i then learned a lot there you go i learned a lot like, i've always i've only learned from when i bomb yeah yeah <laughs> or or i've been on a show where everyone does good but me mm. yeah those are the shows i've learned from mm-hmm. because i get mad and i'm like that's yeah, never gonna happen you. again yeah yeah like that was embarrassing it'll never happen again that's grit man yeah that's a that's the way to do it yeah um and then i've got one more here it looks like dave put on here it says is nick a good comic <laughs> of course he is <laughs> I knew, you needed to I know that, I, you could have just no i knew that you wanted to know that's no, no, why no. i put it on I didn't, I didn't, it says david wrote you this. wanted to ask her if you were a good comic so that's he's, <laughs> he's crazy <laughs> i would never do that anyways what do you think <laughs> Nick wrote that joke. <laughs> He's the best. The best. You heard it here, folks. All right, this is what this is the only reason why we asked all these other questions. <laughs> the best. The best of the best. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we're good, yeah, man. No, we did thank it. Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah, thank Thanks you so much for coming out. Yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah, yeah, and doing great. these shows and putting out, you know. Do you have anything coming up that you want to talk about? Like, I'm sure you have a show coming uh, up. The last week of December, I'm doing the feature set for Roast Mania at Bricktown, Tulsa. And then I'm doing a roast battle in Chickasha. Me and Caleb McCurry are (laughs) in that. Sharpening those knives. (laughs) (laughs) Which sucks because I really like Caleb. And I'm like, I don't want to say anything you did. (laughs) I really, it's hard for me. Like when I really like comics, I'm like, I don't want to say anything mean about Caleb McCurry. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much there. (laughs) That would be a good opportunity for people to come see you and your roasting skills. I want to see somebody cry. I want to go see i i didn't know this about you i guess or i've only seen you a couple times but i yeah. definitely want to check come check out a roast yeah i'm <laughs> i'm <fun>. mean, <laughs> mean. <laughs> very mean and then i have a new year's eve show okay um that i, I usually work for this guy on new year's eve so then and then january is very scattered yeah it's very very scattered here or there i don't know <laughs> be around you yeah do i'll be lot, around so. yeah where, like, where can people follow it and find it? Yeah, oh, um, Julie Comedy on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. Pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. 
All right. All right. All right. Well, well, thanks for having it. me. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> Appreciate Bye. it. We'll see you next time. All right.